Well, hello and welcome to episode number 49 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. So on the podcast today, we're going to be discussing developing international skills in virtual teams, giving a few pointers in terms of things that organisations, we believe, should consider to provide the right developmental opportunities to give their people the right skills they need so they can be effective when they are working internationally. As with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the All Fire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, sign up for our regular newsletter, find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you and your business. So in an earlier article, in fact, the article that came out last week and the article that came out the week before, and of course the podcasts that came with them, we discussed different levels of support and training that organisations can offer to their people when they are sending them onto onto these international projects. Um, Fundamentally, there are three different levels. One is the level where you get no training at all. The middle level is one where you get a little bit of upfront training, um, some cultural awareness maybe, and uh, a few things in terms of, often in, in terms of security and personal safety and so forth when you're going to another country. And then the third level is one where a company will give not just that upfront training, but will then find ways to provide ongoing support and development for, maybe not for everybody, but for numbers of their personnel when they are on these projects. Now, each of those three come with their own costs, each of them come with their own challenges, and each of them have varying levels of success and adoption. Um, My experience would be that the first and second are the two that tend to get used the most, the two that tend to be seen the most. So either an organisation will just simply say to its people, well, off you go, enjoy yourself, come and see us when you get back, and their people will go away and work on their projects for them. Or they'll give them a a certain amount of awareness training and, as I say earlier, their safety training as well before they go. A lot of the safety side of things tends to be largely driven by duty of care requirements as much as anything else. And companies there will try just to make sure that their personnel are going to be safe um, while they are in wherever, whichever country it is they may go to, whether that country has inherent safety issues associated with it or if it's regarded as a safe country. But the, 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 the one that gets the best and the one that gets the best response and delivers the most value for an organisation is to give the upfront training before people go, give them the awareness training that they need and then give them support once they are deployed so that they can so that they can have somebody that they can compare ideas with so they can continue to learn so they can become better and more effective while they are deployed there's a real curve as far as the le- the learning curve and the 
effectiveness of personnel when they go into these sorts of situations. Someone who is simply just dropped in and uh, essentially left to fend for themselves, it will be a very steep learning curve for the person and it will be a very slow development curve for the organisation. So these people will take quite a long time to get to the point where they are fully effective in the country in which they've been sent. You send someone with a little bit of training, the learning curve is a little bit less steep and the point at which they become an effective member of staff in that new location is achieved a lot quicker. You send someone who has the upfront training before they arrive and they'll obviously have a similar uh, learning curve when they arrive. Their point of which they become effectiveness effective will improve once they have ongoing support while they're there because they've got people they can continue to learn from. And typically these people will actually continue to become better. They won't plateau once they are acclimatized. They'll actually continue to improve their their abilities, their skills, their ability to function in that new environment will make them more and more and more effective as time goes by. So where a lot of people who don't get ongoing training tend to plateau once they reach a certain point in terms of essentially they've exhausted their own skills knowledge, then the people who have ongoing training, they'll continue to climb that curve and they'll become more and more effective, more valuable employees for the organisation. And of course, the more valuable the employee, typically, the greater the value that employee will deliver back to the business and the business itself will become more valuable and more effective. Now, one of the big problems in delivering this ongoing training is many organisations treat the nature of training that's needed for people going to new cultures, things like cross-cultural awareness, communications, training, um, how to how to manage when you are living in another environment and so forth, they tend to treat that in similar way to how they would treat, um, let's call it hard technical skills training, in as much as the, the concept is and the perception is that you train people once and then they have all the skills that they need and away they go and you don't need to give them that training again. Now that is highly applicable when you're training someone how to use a piece of software, when you're training them how to use a particular formula if they work in a, in a math-based or a science-based environment, when you're training them in, t in terms of a technical skill, once they've learnt it then that skill is repeatable and it's the same everywhere you go. So you don't need the ongoing developmental training in as much as you do if you are going into a cultural environment where Okay, you get some cultural awareness training before you set off, but then after you arrive, you find that there are ongoing cultural questions that you need a way to find an answer to. There are challenges that new managers, when they move to another location, will face, and where if they don't have someone they can go back to either within or without of the organisation where they can get answers, they'll really struggle to learn these things for themselves. And unfortunately, the business environment and many people's individual careers as well are severely hampered by personnel who simply they have the enthusiasm they have the they have the drive they just don't always have the insights and the skills to address all of these questions personally so finding the right way to give that extra training is is critically important but as i say for a lot of organizations it's just not recognized that it needs to be ongoing 
So what can organisations do to support their personnel when they are on these projects, I guess, is the, is the big question. And um, the answer to that I would propose are that there are a number of relatively low cost and in many cases relatively simple things that organisations can do. So the first one would be to identify within the organisation people who have already been through a similar situation and a similar experience. These may be people who've moved to the same location, they may be people who've moved to a different location, and those people though will have enough experience that they can give people who are about to make some of these changes, often for the first time, a lot more insight than um, than people would do if they've never been through that experience. And occasionally the training that gets delivered is delivered by HR professionals who've never lived outside of their hometown. So it's hard to it's hard to contextualise someone giving you training on living in another environment when they've never done it for themselves. Whereas you get someone who has, they can give you an idea of a lot of the pitfalls before you would set off a lot of the solutions, and they can also, if they're internal particularly, they can be accessible to the personnel when they move via whatever internal communication systems may be in place so that the personnel can go back and and keep running ideas by them, running questions by them, getting guidance, getting suggestions, and basically being mentored and coached. So the second tool that organisations can do is to develop and make available online materials that personnel can access. And some of these are, in fact quite a lot of this is available commercially external to most organisations. You can either buy it in, you can find um, all sorts of different organisations around the world, local to your business, local to where your new office may be, or internationally located who can provide materials that people can learn from before they make these trips. Some of that will be cross-cultural awareness, and there are some very, very good websites around that give ideas and understandings of cross-cultural awareness. Some will be on negotiation skills in other countries. Some will be on how to how to navigate political and social environments in countries that you may or may not be going to. There are no end of these sorts of online materials. So if an organisation can consolidate them into a place where their employees can readily get to them, they can make it very easy for those employees to continue to, to improve their own skills. The third one would be to provide a forum or a, an online list of contacts or whatever within an organisation where people can post questions and then other people who hopefully have some insight into the answers to these questions can then post their answers. And over time, this will develop like a little bit of a wiki sort of a, a platform where where answers will already have been provided. So they'll become, they will evolve an FAQ, a frequently asked questions environment on the organisational platform where people can can continue to put in questions, but often those questions will have already been asked. Now, the other advantage of this, of course, well, in fact, two advantages. One is that it will eventually build a large network of personnel who can share and discuss challenges in these environments. The second is that it it saves organisations from losing a lot of the skills that they build up in their people when they have these sorts of deployments. Often people will 
take these trips they'll they'll spend time in another country they'll return they'll get engrossed in their day job and eventually people forget that they have this sort of skill and knowledge if you can start to find a platform where these people can be invited through their own experience to be part of the coaching and um, and general support network for people who are going through the same challenges that they themselves faced it can keep those people much more engaged so the fourth one then would be would be to offer reasonably frequent refresher courses and additional training so this is this is actually proper training if you like this is more like formal training so people would have an upfront course to make them aware of the types of challenges that they may face when they arrive they'll have upfront training in terms of the kinds of uh, physical environment they're going to be living in safety um, culture and so forth but then once they've been there for a few months you can offer a refresher course if you like you can offer a a follow-up where people get a bit more depth they can then come along with lived experience ask questions and learn from one another which isn't always the case when people are heavily engrossed in a day-to-day project environment and it would be particularly effective if those personnel were able to bring any accompanying family members along with them as well that way the families can start to build a network within and without the organisation and that mutual support network becomes very, very effective. The next point that we would make would be, so this is a little bit outside of the purely developmental side of things, but this would be that when you are hiring, if you can find people who've already got established international project experience, even if it's not into the environment, that into the country that you're potentially going to be deploying them, if they've been there and spent some time in that kind of an environment, they will have built up a reasonably deep repertoire of skills that have allowed them to thrive in that in that place. So you're looking here for people who've not just got two weeks in in another country and a week in a third country and so forth. You're looking for people who've got really long seasoned experience. So in that environment, I would suggest in excess of six months and ideally on multiple different international projects and deployments. So if you can find someone who's had four or five, six month plus deployments into ideally into the same place that you're looking to send people, but failing that into similar environments, you will find that you'll bring in an awful lot of skill that you wouldn't otherwise had. Then the next point that we would put forward would be where possible and put someone in as an observer into some of the meetings when particularly when you have these new people in international environments put someone in just to sit in the corner with a notepad to take some notes and then to sit with the principal protagonists after the meeting and sort of give them some ideas and and to make sure that that things are running smoothly and the people are are being coached along the right directions. Meetings can be one of the most visible places where a lot of the issues that people would face will surface. So having people actually attend these meetings just as observers can be can be extremely powerful in terms of helping people learn from their mistakes and tweak and improve the ways that they interact and deal with one another. Even if it's just watching people to see how they react when somebody says something that may or may not be within their normal expectations. For some people that can be quite confronting if they've never worked in an international environment before and suddenly finding people talking in a particularly different way 
about things in a in a different context in a different light can be can be quite confronting for some people and they can find it hard to know how to react so having someone in there that can just help them along and smooth the waters can be very good and then the final point and i guess this is a little bit of self-promotion in this one the final point would be to engage with a professional in who can provide pre-deployment and ongoing development for personnel now this can be a professional who delivers formal training materials this can be a professional who who acts as a coach or as a mentor who who provides um, ongoing developmental material and developmental support for personnel one of the most effective ways that this can work is to have to have someone function as a coach for key personnel within these international projects so someone that uh, that they can turn to from time to time both in a formal regular context to sort of meet once a month or talk once a month to just to talk over issues but also who can be there as a as a shoulder to to lean on occasionally when you have a particular question that you need an answer to that you don't know or don't want to ask internally. Sometimes there can be challenges that people simply, they know that it's an issue, they know that it's something they need to overcome, but sometimes they actually want to ask someone outside of their organisation for guidance rather than to ask someone inside. There are many reasons that this may occur and it's good sometimes for people to have that external contact, someone they can just turn to and sort of say, okay, look, I've got this challenge, I've got this question, I've got this problem with my boss potentially. How do I deal with my boss who comes from a completely different culture to myself, who lives in this country that I'm now working in? I've arrived here, I don't know how to deal with my new boss um, my new boss is not necessarily knowing how to deal with me. Someone in a in an external capacity can then provide coaching to the individuals, potentially to both sides of this relationship, to help them navigate and become more comfortable in dealing together. So hopefully these few pointers have been helpful. Um, the one thing that we would stress with all of these is typically while there may appear to be um, an upfront cost which obviously can't be directly recovered you often can't just bill this to somebody these are things that that you just simply have to pay for yes there is an upfront cost but the opportunities and the return on investment for giving people the right level of training and development and the right level of support can pay for themselves many 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 times over if you can save a one or a two week delay to a major high cost international project you can save the entire training budget for that whole project number of times over so there are there are many opportunities through giving the right kinds of training at the right times and the right kind of access to the right skills that can pay for themselves in multiples during the life of a project and beyond so give it some thought and uh, if you have any questions please of course get in touch with us we're contactable through the website, which is www.ulfire.com.au. Um, and, uh, of course, if you are on the website, then please do feel free to subscribe to this podcast if you're not already. If you are a subscriber and uh, you've got the time to pop over to iTunes and put a rating on there, we would love to receive ratings from people. 
The ratings give us some ideas of what we're doing and whether it's uh, addressing a need that people have. Um, And of course, while you are on the website, check out the other articles, check out our services and the regular newsletter that we put out with tips for virtual teams. So thank you very much and I look forward to speaking to you in future podcasts. (laughs) 